know about you, but I could uh, just linger in the presence of the Lord and just stay there. I'm quite happy with that. Uh, you know, after the Lord moves, like he did this morning. Jim, could you bring that over for me, please? Um, I don't even want to speak. Okay. Let's begin in 1 Peter chapter 1. I guess that sometimes we make assumptions that everybody spends time reading the Bible as Christians. Uh, some people are very uh, regimented, and they'll get up every day and they'll, they'll read the Word, you know, maybe in the evening. And some people aren't. I've never been regimented where I set aside a certain time every day. Some people need that. I, I, I draw, I'm drawn to the Word. I spend sometimes hours studying or, or reading or whatever. But you read the Word of God, it's very important for you as a Christian. That's not what I'm going to speak about today, but um, it's very important because the Lord has things locked up in his word. He has truth hidden in his word that I believe is awaiting a certain heart condition. And as we come to his word, we're going to look at some things here. I believe that this, this message applies to everyone, all of us, to varying degrees. And as far as us personally, we need to read his word. You know, it's the bread of life. He has a lot there hidden. And I have found that many times in my life, I may be in a certain circumstance or whatever, that the Lord will show me something in the word. Now, now we know the spirit of God moves and you may hear something in a message. You know, Pastor Jim may preach something, whatever it may be, or in the Bible school. And the Lord can show you something and, and give you a direction or whatever it may be through that. And, and that's all good. He can also do that personally with you as you spend time in the Word. That's why it's extremely important. Not just to read the Bible to have knowledge, to, you know, to know things. That, that's not my purpose for study at all. There's that of the, of the Lord that is there awaiting. But anyway, in 1 Peter... Chapter 1, verse 2. The elect, that's, that's meaning you. You're elect. You know, God has called you. You've responded. The elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, the Lord knew that you would respond to Him, that you would respond to the Gospel. And because of His forethought, His knowing, He has planned out a certain way in which all of us are to move and to walk in. And that's just not um, for one day or for one week. It's, it's a lifetime. And so our lives will take a certain direction, maybe now, and maybe a year from now or five years from now, there will be another change in direction, another, if you will, adjustment into something else. But the point is that God knows the way. He knows the way. And many times we don't. We only see what's right here, maybe what's right in front of us. We might see that. So our need of God, our dependency upon Him is critical. Critical. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience. So, so there, there is to be an obedient, obedience to God in whatever it may be. Verse uh, 5, who, and when he says who, he's referring back to verse 2, speaking of the elect, who are kept by the power of God through faith. So I, I, I read this this morning, I'm saying, through faith. Faith, we don't really realize faith is, is an integral part of our walk. And we have to have that faith toward God. But he says we are kept, and that's, that's a present tense verb, present participle, which means that if we are walking with God and we have faith toward him, that he presently, continually keeps us. He, or he watches over us is another way to say that, watches over. That's, I think that's one of the meanings of that word, to be kept. 
So the Lord is watching over you. The Lord is watching over me. And, you know, what is he seeing? Is he seeing a heart that wants to walk along with him in his way, learning of him? Uh, Is he seeing one who really wants to be upright, one who wants to walk with him in whatever life may bring? And life brings a lot of different things, some of them what we would say is good, and some of them we would say is not too good. You know, different people have different circumstances in their lives. And, and the Lord, he keeps us through the power of God, through faith. He watches over us. And he goes on in this verse. He says, we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. And that's not just initial salvation. See, salvation is a very broad term, not just, you know, being saved now, but salvation is broad in in that you now, myself now, he wants to bring us into soundness, the soundness of spirit, our spirit. We're, We're made spirit, soul, and body. He will make us sound in many different ways, in many different areas. He will make you sound in spirit. He's after that. He's he's after that in all of our lives. So the salvation of God, he will use different things in our lives to bring soundness. And I was in some circumstances quite, quite a few years ago, and I was a younger Christian, and I said, Lord, how in the world can you bring anything good out of this? And I never got an answer, but the Lord, per se, I mean the Lord's saying something, but the Lord showed me in reality, as I walk with him in it, what he was going to bring out of it and what he did bring out of it. And so I was very, very limited in my view of the Lord and what he could do. And I think even now, even though I've been a Christian, I'm very limited and, you know, seeing certain things that the Lord is doing. But I thank God for what he does show us. So when he says here, for salvation, we are kept by the power of God for salvation, I believe he's, dealing, he's talking about dealing with us personally, God's personal dealing with us in the way that we should go, the way that I should go, the way you should go, you know, whatever, whatever it is, that he's dealing with us in that way. Proverbs says this, there is a way, and you know this verse, there is a way that seemeth right to man. But the the point I want to make in that verse is there is a way. There is a way that seemeth right to a man, uh, or appears right, appears straight, but the end thereof are the ways of death. He's talking about those that don't walk with him, are not interested in walking with him. But the point is that there is a way. There's a way for every man. Every man takes a way. He goes his way. And then in... uh, Proverbs 21, it says, every way of man is right in his own eyes. And he doesn't qualify this verse. It's not that that's always talking about the unsaved. Of course, that that, that does apply. But that also applies to people, people in general, even even us. We, in our own eyes, many times think we're right. And that's just the way it is. But I like how, how you know, the Lord doesn't leave that verse, just part of it. The rest of it says, but the Lord pondereth his ways, or pondereth his heart. So the Lord will look, and I may think one thing, see, and the Lord's going to look and say, okay, now, what's this here? Show me. So the ways of the Lord, see, we must understand this. The ways of the Lord are much higher than our ways. And we may know some of them and understand some of them, but there are other ways that are beyond us, and to move in those or to see them, we must walk with God and allow him to open that up as we go. Sometimes there's certain things he doesn't open up ahead of time. It's just the way, in my experience, it's the way it's been. Some things he does, some things he doesn't. And then just to say this, the, the, the word ways is used various ways in the Bible. For example, the ways of the wicked, the way of an evil man, 
the way of the Israelites. You see that in, in, in the Old Testament. The way of the harlot. We're not talking about any of those ways. We're talking about the way. Jesus came, and he, the contrast is there, there is a way that man goes. There's a way that man thinks. But Jesus comes along. He says, I am the way. And I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that word there means, I looked that up. I was just curious to see, you know, we quote that verse all the time. Jesus is the way. But it means that he is the road, he is the journey, and he is the goal. He's the way. He's the road that we must walk, the way he he lays that out. He's the journey, and I'll tell you what. One thing I will say pertaining to my own life is that since I've been a Christian, there has not been a dull moment. And there was a dull moment before, but when I became a Christian, the Lord reached me. It's been one thing after another. And sometimes things are, you know, such a way that like your head's been like, you know, what the heck? <laughs> but it's been good. It's been good. Hasn't been, it's been a journey. And then I like it. I'm the way. He's the goal. He's the goal. Okay, let's turn to Genesis. I'm going to read one verse from um, Job. We're going to go there later. But it says, Job says this, but he knows the way that I take. I, I really like that. Job acknowledges that God knows the way that I take. So the phrase there that the, the, that I take in the Strong's means along with, or, or what, what I take along with. How can I say this? He knows the way I take. What am I taking? He knows the way that I take. What am I taking? Well, I'm taking, hopefully, the direction of God, the way he wants me to go. That's what I'm taking. I'm not taking anything else. You know, uh, I, He knows the way that I take, and I know that means the way that I'm going. But there is something that you take, and that is the will of God, the direction of God for our life to walk in a particular way. Okay, now look in Genesis 3. This is a familiar portion of Scripture. This is um, after Adam and Eve sin, and the ground is cursed, and um, Adam and Eve are sent out of the garden. And he says here in verse uh, 24, Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground, that's verse 23, from which he he was taken, verse 24. So he drove out the man and placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So in this verse here, it says to keep the way to the tree of life. See, what the Lord did here, he put two cherubim, and I've heard people say this, that the Lord put the cherubim there to keep people away from or out out from or to get to the tree of, of life, but that's not true. The opposite is true. The Lord put the two cherubim there to keep that way open because the enemy of our soul would like to camouflage that, the tree of life. He would like to put things in the way and put things there to take one's attention away so that you cannot reach the, uh, the tree of life. And so here's a, here's a translation. I have a couple different things here. Uh, this one here is, I believe, Charles Hahn um, translated this verse, a flame of the changing sword. Okay, uh, to keep the way from getting obscure. So, as as I see this, the flame of the changing sword is the spirit of God taking some revelation. As I was talking about you know, about reading the Bible, he takes some revelation and he twists that. It's like the, ch- the flaming sword, the changing sword, and he turns that so. There is a revelation that comes to the person so that now that person can see the way to life. To see, not just initial. I'm not talking about initial salvation. I'm talking about to go, to go God's way 
to go in the way that God desires for or His purpose for our particular life at our time, the time we're you know living in right now. And I also got this from this is this is I have this one translation from the from the uh, rabbis that the Jewish people translated, and because you know they they look at the words, they know the language. And sometimes I think it's very interesting. It's almost exactly the same. This is the, the um, Jewish Bible says, The blade of the revolving sword. And another translation says, uh, did I have it written here? It talks about the, the, the blade of the revolving Shekinah glory for the purpose of guarding the way. So the way doesn't become too obscure. So that people, that Christians, can find the way for them. For them. See, the, the way to the tree of life. Now turn to Hebrews 10, verse 20. But I do in a living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. This is talking about Jesus and his sacrifice. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. So, so there is a living way, and that living way is Christ. So we come to the Lord, and we receive Him, and now we are in the way. But remember that the way many times will change. The direction we have to go in our lives will change periodically under the direction of the Spirit of God working personally in your life and in my life. So, so Paul says in Galatians, you know, walk in the Spirit. Well, that is a command, but then he goes on, he says, uh, be led of the Spirit. And the, the word led is a passive voice verb, which means that you are to walk in the Spirit but now you're receiving some action, and the action is coming from the Spirit of God leading you. So you see, that's how it's to work. You don't lead yourself. You let the Lord lead you. And so the Lord has planned out certain things for us in our lives. And many times we will walk and we will come to a place where we do not know and do not understand. That's just the way it is. I'm sorry. And what do we do now? What do we do? Well, we need to wait for the flame of the changing sword, for the direction, or for the revelation, you could say, on what to do next. And I'm not going to share anything particular that happened with me, but I'll say that I was in this one circumstance, and I thought the Lord was going to do a certain thing. And the Lord did not do it. What I had to do was just wait. I waited and waited until he showed me. He didn't show somebody else. He didn't show the other person. He didn't show that Christian. He showed me personally what I needed to do. And so I, I did it. And, and I believe when that took place that I was feeding upon the life the tree of life, feeding upon that. And that's the way this thing works. Now, in Job 23, so I want to write this up here. You see in Genesis 3.24 we read that the Lord, he keeps the way. He keeps the way open. I'll just write this. See, he keeps the way open for you. He keeps the way open for me. So we're not going to lose our direction. We're not going to lose our way. He's going to keep that there. In Job 23, verse 9, when he, when he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. Have you ever felt that way? You know, you're in something and you're wanting the Lord to show you. Now, I'm, I'm teaching Job, and I'm learning some things. You know, did you know that Job 
did not understand what was going on. He had faith toward God. He never wavered in that. Uh, the Lord dropped the hedge around him. And when he did that, he dropped the hedge around his family. And Satan got to his family, killed them all. And Job's wife comes to him. And by the way, that's something different, why he didn't take his wife. But his wife comes and says something. And Job did not throw his faith away. He kept his integrity. Even though he, he was completely in the dark about what was going on. See, we have this great advantage having the Bible. We have all these examples in the Bible. We have the example of Job, you know, how we're to, uh, to walk in the midst of suffering. But Job didn't have that. So he had to depend upon, uh, you know, his faith in God or toward God. So when he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. And then he says this, but he knows the way that I take. He knows. So the Lord looks down and he sees Christians. And he knows what's in the heart. He knows the way that we take. He knows if we desire wholeheartedly to walk the way he wants us to walk. Or is it that we want to walk with the Lord only for the blessing or only for the, when the things go right for us? You know, he sees the way that we walk. So that if you as a Christian have determined that you are going to walk with God and you're going to continue on with God and you're going to do the very, very best to do what God uh, shows you, well, he sees that. Believe it, he sees that. He sees the way that you take. He sees your heart. Now, just one verse before we continue on here. You don't have to turn there. Now, we, we read the one in Genesis about the way to the tree of life. In Revelation 2, verse 7, Jesus says this to um, one of the churches. Ephesus, I believe. He says, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. See, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Same thing as you see in Genesis. But Jesus says that this is one of the qualifications for eating in the, of the tree of life. And by the way, Jesus says this one thing to all seven churches in Revelation. He says that you need to overcome. Now, he doesn't specifically say what it is that you or them, any of us, have to overcome. He doesn't, he's no specifics on this. And I, I believe the reason that is, is because for each, it will be different. It's not going to be the same for you as it is for me. Uh, what I have to overcome is different. What you have to overcome. But see, as far as partaking of the tree of life, Whatever it is in my life, whatever it is in your life, that you are experiencing in this way that the Lord is directing you, that is where I must overcome. I must overcome. And, and I, I've said this before in the Bible school, that one of the things when we overcome, uh, for example, overcoming your enemies, you must do that with the right heart, with the right attitude, you know, the right spirit toward them, or else I don't believe it counts. I don't believe it counts. So Jesus says here, to partake of this tree, we must overcome. So when you overcome, you begin to feed from something that is supernatural, something 
that other people may not be feeding upon. Others may not even understand this. But see, the Shekinah glory, the, the, the turning flaming sword, brings the way open for the revelation so that now you can have what you need. You can get to the tree of life and you can feed upon that so that you can overcome. And then you feed and you overcome and you feed. Now turn to Psalm 139. So this is a design by God, thank God, that he keeps the way open. He keeps it accessible for you. He keeps it accessible for me. Psalm 139, verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my, my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquired with all my ways. I like in Exodus, Moses prays this prayer. And I believe it's a prayer that every Christian should pray. And it is, Lord, show me now thy way. Show me now thy way. I believe that if we really want to know the way of God for our lives, he'll show us. So first of all, he keeps the way open. Then he's going to show the way for you, for me. Now, I'll just digress here for a second. In my experience, the Lord does not always show me, or put it this way, most of the time, he doesn't show me the whole thing. I may see a little bit, and, and that, that's it. Then once I, I move forward, then he will show and open up a little bit more. But sometimes the opposite occurs, which has happened to me, where the Lord opens something up that I can see down the road. And it's like, okay, all right, now I want to, you know, and, and he just like hold, holds, holds, holds it. Well, just stay here. And, and just go into this, walk with me in this, continue to go in this, and, and we'll get to this place I showed you. So the point is that he shows the way. He'll show the way. In Isaiah, turn to Isaiah with me. I want you to see this. Isaiah 30. God is really gracious. He really is. You know, like the, the songwriter says, through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. You know, we can be sidetracked so easily. We don't, maybe we don't think we can, but we can. And the Lord is so gracious, and he comes whenever he knows that we need to see something. Now, there it is. You know, if I were to close my eyes, and uh, let's say there was toys all over the floor here. And I would close my eyes. If I get down to the nursery, and I decide I'm going to walk from one side of the nursery to the other side with my eyes closed, it might not be too long before I'm tripping on something or falling. And spiritually speaking, sometimes that's the way it is, where, you know, we, we walk and we think maybe that the, the path there in spirit is clear and there might be something there. But see, God is so gracious that he comes and he'll illuminate. It says, my word is a lamp unto your feet. And so he'll shine the light. So, oh, I see. There's a, there's a hole there. There's a groundhog. Okay, go over to the side over here and go around the hole so you don't break your leg. So in spirit, the Lord will do that. He will illuminate uh, the way. He'll show us the way. Now in Isaiah 30, in the beginning of the chapter, he talks about... Um, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel but not of me, and who devise plans but not of my spirit. So he's talking about those here that you know, make their own direction in life, their own plans. Uh, they're going to go their own way and, and so forth. But if you go over to verse 21, I really like this. Your ears shall hear a word... Behind you. So wait a second. This is the picture I see here. 
It's almost like when you have your kids, you know. You take your little, little kids and there they go. You know how they are. You're, you're trying to walk with them and there they go. And there you are, you're behind them and you're speaking a word to them. Hey, 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 so, wait for me, wait for me. Stop. And I, I see the picture here. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Oh, I love that. I love that. This is the way, walk in it. There's a verse. Let me see if I can find it. It's in Peter. Isn't it nice to know that the Lord is there? He's watching over you. He's watching the path you're taking. See, and if you want to walk with God, and I say if, because not all Christians want to really walk with God. If you want to walk with God, you will hear that voice, this is the way. So you're walking along, and you think you're okay, and you're going, and Lord, oh, this is the way. Now, now go a little to the right, a little to the right. This is what Peter says. For the eyes of the Lord, the King James says, are over the righteous. So it's the same basic thought that there you are and the eyes of the Lord are over you, watching you. But an examination of the Greek text says this, and this is what the New King James reads, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Epi, E-P-I, that's a, it's a preposition, it means on. So, so let's look, look at it this way, because there's, there's the, your kids, they're out there, and your eyes are upon them. Um, over them, you know, you're watching over here. But it's different when your eyes are upon them, on them. See, because now the Lord has honed in on you. You are walking uprightly, and now he is seeing you, and he's watching. His eyes are on the righteous. If you're, you're going to walk with him, you're going to, to be upright, his eyes are on you. Let's finish the rest of this verse in Isaiah 30. Your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, whenever you turn to the right hand, or whether you turn to the left. So, so if you want to walk with God, and here you go, you know, you're going to turn to the left. and You, you might be thinking you're going straight. But here you're going to the left, it's like, you know, somebody's, have you met somebody with, their, with bad equilibrium, with their ears and that? They can't walk straight? It's like you're walking, you think you're going straight, and here you're over here. Well, now you'll hear the voice behind you. Oh, whoa, this is the way, walk in this. This is where I want you to walk. See, you can't walk in what God is showing me. I can't walk in what God's showing you. It's for you. You see that? You understand that? God has shown me a few things, and it's, to me, it's, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not fearful, but it's kind of like, <laughs> really? You ever said that to the Lord, really? <laughs> oh, really? So I really enjoy that. That's a, that's a very good verse. Okay, turn to Isaiah 35, 8. So remember, he's, he's there. Why is he there? Why is the voice behind you? See, to show you the way. See, he's going to keep the way open for you. But he's also going to show you the way. He's going to be there in a special way for you, to lead you and guide you. In Isaiah 35, verse 8, a highway shall be there and a road. Well, where's the there? Where's the there? Well, in the context, it's talking probably of Zion. I didn't look it up. But spiritually speaking, pertaining to our personal lives, the there is where the Lord is for you, where he has directed you, the, the steps he had for you. He's called you now, Tom. You're up here teaching, right? You were teaching today, yeah. Okay. Well, the there is there, there for today. The there is the Balk Mill Center. The there is... What is going on in your life personally? What is he having you do? What is he having you not do? You know, what direction is he showing you? 
See, that's the there. A highway shall be there and a road. See, so, so I can't come to you unless I have revelation. I can't come to you and say, okay, you, you do this. You walk this way. You, know, you quit your job. See, I can't say that. Unless I have revelation pertaining to you. But, but usually, I mean, well, when you're in this position here, a pastor, the Lord does give you revelation like that. But usually, the Lord deals with people as individuals. So he deals with you where you are, in your circumstance, in your life. So he goes on here, he says, A highway shall be there. But, verse 9, but the redeemed shall walk there. That's where you're going to walk. If you're going to walk with him, that's where you're going to walk. You're going to walk there. Now, it says in the New Testament that John the Baptist prepared a way. He prepared a way. Um, A voice crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And... The meaning there, or one of them, is that the Lord wanted a a preparation of the heart, to prepare a road to the heart. So John the Baptist was preparing hearts for when Jesus would come along, that Jesus could go down that road. So another thing that you see is preparation. Preparation. There's, There's a preparation going on. In the heart. Um, there's uh, the same verse. I don't have it. I'll have to kind of quote it. Uh, it says, turning the, the, hearts of the, ch- the hearts of the fathers to their children. That's what John the Baptist was, was doing. And what that's speaking of is changing the heart. See, if we are going to continue on, all of us, every one of us, the Lord must somehow, some way, change our hearts. Or we will eventually go our own way. It's very easy to turn back into another way. It's very easy to start to do what you want to do. You know, I'm getting tired of doing this, you know, teaching Bible school all the time. I'm going to go and start to be a carpenter. I'm going to make all kinds of things for people. I'm not saying me, forget that, I'm not a carpenter. (laughs) But I'm saying there's people that, you know, they'll find another way. So, to continue on, there must be a preparation that goes on in the heart. He must be doing something. Uh, In in Isaiah 35 that we read, let's just go back there a second. Verse 3, strengthen the, the weak hands. And make firm the feeble knees. Well, why? See, if, if your knees are feeble, you cannot walk. You can't walk in the way before you. I can't walk in the way before me. See, so there must be a strengthening of the knees. Uh, there must be a strengthening of the arms. Because you need your arms to, to you know, reach out and handle. You can't handle the things of God. If, if your arms are feeble and your knees are feeble, you can't walk in the things of God. So, at times, there must be a strengthening. Verse 8. We just read this. A highway shall be there in a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. See, it's going to be for those who want to walk in that way, those who want to walk upright and before the Lord. Whoever walks the road, although a fool. So you don't have to be smart. You don't have to have a degree. Uh, I like that. You don't have to have um, a doctorate to walk on this highway. So all you need to do is have the right heart. So whoever walks on the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. The redeemed shall walk there. And then you see in um, Ephesians 4, 
Paul says that he gave, gave some to be apostles and prophets, evangelists, teachers, and so on. Then he goes on, the next verse or so, and he says, um, for the equipping, I don't know, is that King James? I don't remember. Perfecting of the saints. Uh, that's meaning equipping, to equip the saints. Well, it's not necessarily meaning equipping them for ministry. It means, I believe, a, a total equipping, and that would equate to walking in the way that God has ordained for us. There's an equipping. So all that goes on is a preparation. He equips you. He gives you what you need to, to continue on. Now, to, to see the way that we must go, we must see the way in order to follow. So you can't follow if you can't see the way. It's not going to work out. So Jesus comes by, and there's, there they are in, in the boat, and he says, follow me. And so they dropped their nets, and they, they got up and they followed him. Now, that's, that's initially. But later on, they had no idea where they were going. They, the apostles had no idea what the Lord was going to do. They were in the dark. They're just following along with Jesus. They, they really didn't know. But see, eventually, the Lord gave them vision to see. And when they saw, then they began to... Jesus is taken back to heaven. He's, taste, he's out of the, you know, the way. He's not there with them anymore. The Holy Spirit sent. And now, they can't just stand behind Jesus and walk behind him. That's easy. If you, know, you know what I'm saying. But now, he's not there, and they still need to see in order to follow him. They have to. Now, in um, Numbers, I'll just read this verse. Or, never mind, just go to Luke. Let's go to Luke. So I'll put this up here, too. What does Jesus say in John 10? He says, um, My sheep hear my voice and follow me. See, so in order for us to follow the Lord, it's going to entail our hearing somehow, some way. You know, we must start to hear. And, you know, hearing in the natural is, is easy. I say something or you say something, we hear. But when it comes to the Spirit, that's not always extremely definable. Um, and we don't always hear the Spirit. And so what I, I did some years ago, I said, Lord, I says, if, if you're going to use me in, in my life some, you know, through, for anything, show me something. Show me, you know, something personal. You know, give me something so that I know when it's you. And I can't tell you what that would be, see, for you. Hearing the voice of God, hearing um, him saying something, that's one thing. And then what he's done with me a lot is that he drops things in my spirit. It's like, whoop, it's there and I know. You know, this is, this is the way to go. This is the way to do. Um, or in, in, the, in the service. Sometimes the Lord shows me what's going to happen like he did Friday night before it happened. And he just shows me, which is nice, because now when the Lord does that, now you know, you know, you know it's him, it's not yourself. So in um, Luke, we're in Luke, right? There was a verse that Tom mentioned in Sunday school, just one little part of the verse in Numbers 13. It said where God, God was going to send them up, up and he said, he said, go this way. <laughs> go this way, and it says to the south. But, he, but that stuck out to me when he read that verse. Go this way, because see, that's what the Lord does. He will show us. You know, he will show us the way, 
And then he will go along and then he'll develop certain things in your heart and in your life so that you can follow. See, my sheep hear my voice and follow. Well, how can I follow if I don't hear his voice? So you have the shepherd, you know, in the natural, and the shepherd has the sheep around him, and he's, you know, poking them with a, with a staff, and he's, you know, talking to them and whatever they do, and they hear his voice. They hear his voice, and I guess after hearing it enough, they kind of know. It's like uh, my wife's cat. I, I can sit down on the sofa. I get up off that sofa. I don't care where that cat is. The cat's right there, and I'm coming back. So, get it. She knows. She's gone. Or at night, if she's whining for Linda, trying, and she wakes me up, I'll yell, take her. Dead silence for four hours. She knows. She knows. So the sheep, when, you, when you're giving them direction, the, the shepherd, they must know. They sense. You know, animals, they're not the same as human, human beings, but they, they can uh, perceive certain things. You know, some, some can anyway. And so the shepherd, he's leading, and he will speak in whatever way he does that for you or for me. And we will start to hear that. And we may become, start becoming familiar with that so that now we can follow. That's the point. You hear his voice, not so you could say, well, hey, I heard the voice of the Lord, thus saith the Lord. It has nothing to do with that. The people that, do, that say that stuff sometimes have no idea. It's so you can follow. My sheep hear my voice and follow me. Well, that's what he wants. That's what he's after. That's why the way is open. That's why he shows you the way. That's why he's starting to develop you, so that you can hear and follow. Follow in the way for you. In Luke, now, now we're going to get down to some more difficult things. I like, I can read the Bible and, you know, people say, well, uh, you know, whatever. Well, hey, you know, it's not, it's not me, it's Jesus. Jesus said that, not me. But sometimes when you say or you teach something, people say, well, you said this, you said that. But, you know, it's, you have to, you know, say, well, hey, where is this coming from? It's coming from the Bible. Who said it? Jesus said it. Well, uh, you can argue with Jesus. You can argue with me, but you can't argue with Jesus. Well, people do, but I mean, you can argue with him, but you can't win. In Luke 7... Or excuse me, Luke 9. So here, I'll put this up here. Follow. Here to follow. In Luke 9, do I have the wrong scripture here? No, okay. 9.57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to Jesus, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And I, I believe that many of us have said that early on in our Christian walk. And we said, Lord, I, I want to follow you, and I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Peter said that until, you know, he was faced with some difficult thing. You're going to the cross, and then he, he had a failure, but that's okay. But if you walk with the Lord long enough, you know, this following thing becomes more intense so that it was much easier following the Lord early on when I was a young Christian because the Lord did not demand as much, and there wasn't as much going on. It was much easier. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. And he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said, Let the dead bury the dead, but you go and preach, uh, the king, uh, preach, and preach the kingdom of God. And another said also, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. They're, they're not fit. They're not suitable. Or... I believe the, the, um, 
the core meaning is that they're not useful. The Lord can't use them because of this thing that's moving another way. And he can't do that. So, so he's saying, okay, if you're going to follow me, you must follow me. Now turn to Matthew. Just hold, hold your place there in Luke. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So now the following becomes more intense. So here, you know, whenever they left the boat, they had no idea that Jesus was going to say this, you know. But later on, as they were with him, now he adds this to the following. What? What? And the same thing has occurred with us. He says here, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Deny yourself what you want, what you think, deny it. Take up his cross. Now, what does that mean? Take up his cross. Well, if you go back and you examine uh, the Roman culture, one of the things that they did, and you know this because of Jesus, one of the things that they did was whenever they had a criminal, they would make a cross, and they would make that criminal take that cross to the point of execution. So they had to carry that thing, and there was no way out. They carried that, and they knew that when they reached a certain point there with this cross, that they, had, they were going to die. The, the death was certain. So Jesus is saying, unless you pick up your cross, you carry it, there is going to be a death, and that death is going to be you, your life, your old life, all that stay, stays behind. And Luke, if that's not bad enough, <laughs> Luke adds one word to it, and he says, take up your cross Daily. Oh, my goodness. Daily. So now, that's another thing in the mix to following Jesus. And so it's not that bad. It's always that bad before the death, you know. And even in the natural, it was probably really torturous for them to take the cross and carry it to the point of execution. You know, you know I'm going to die, you know, they're sweating, you know. There's no way out of this. There's guards around. I can't escape. But once they die, it's over. I can't hurt them anymore. They're, they're, they're not, it's no power over them anymore. And that is the way it's to be with us, that we die daily to maybe some things that we want. Maybe we want uh, to be Olympic champions. And I know no one here is, but uh, you know, there's people, you see it now. It's on TV. They give, they give their entire life. For the last four, six, eight years, for one little moment of, oh, ha, I got this gold medal. We were just talking about that. What do you think of that? Uh, oh, this is the greatest thing in my ever life. I, I, you know, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened in my entire life. I can't even explain to it. And then the camera goes away. And he's like, whoop, it's all over. Within 30 seconds, all over. Then go home and hang it on the mantle and tell everybody how great you were. You deny yourself, meaning that you may have pursuits that are not the Lord's. You might want this, you might want that. You, know, you have to find out what, what the way is for you. What, what does it mean for you to follow? What is the path you have to go on? And now back in Luke 14. You know, why does the Lord say that some of these things? Aren't some of them pretty tough? Look, we'll read this one. This is pretty rough. Luke 14, 27, verse 26. Or let's go to 25. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone, and he's telling everybody this, not, not just Christians. He's telling everybody. So, so this is the way the Lord has laid out here. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. So he's saying here that if any earthly relationship 
is held higher in that person's heart than the relationship with the Lord or following the Lord, they cannot be my disciple. Now, a person can still be a Christian and not go this way, you understand. But a disciple has to go this way. If you want to be a learner, you want to follow him, this is what must take place. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot, cannot, cannot be my disciple. So following the Lord in our lives, if we do that, that will result in discipleship. You will be a disciple. If we don't follow, and I'm not just meaning us, I mean anyone, any, any Christian. If they don't follow, then they cannot be his disciple. See, God has ordained throughout the New Testament here, and even the Old Testament, there are kingdom principles that he has. And that's just a few that we read. He has ordained them for our benefit. See, you cannot be prepared to meet the Lord. You cannot be prepared for the marriage. Did you know this? You cannot be prepared for the marriage if you do not move in these kingdom principles. They have to be moving in our heart because those are one of the means by which God prepares us. And take it down a little bit. They will be what will help us and cause us to follow him in our personal life. So for me to follow the Lord, certain things had to go. You know, certain ambitions I had years ago had to go. Uh, certain circumstance that I was in, I had the choice to take the circumstance and the situation in my own hands and do what I wanted in them. That was my choice. Or die and allow the Lord to have full control of them and do something in my heart that will cause me now to follow him the way I should. See, so we, we all have... Uh, this is something that I think is elementary. You know, if, if a person's been a Christian for 10 years and they haven't denied themselves, take up their cross and follow, follow the Lord, then something's wrong. You know, they're loving this present life. They're not loving the Lord. And so what it is that that we must deal with and put aside, whatever that, that, that may be, uh, will be personal for, for you. Whatever, I mean, you, what you have to do and someone else, it will be different. Now, let's go to Job. Two more verses. So the Lord has all these provisions for us. You know that? When, when some Christians think of provisions, they think of money. You know, God provided a house. God provided a job. Uh, God provided a car or two cars. And that's true. But the true provision of God is that he provides for your soul. He provides for your walk with him. He gives you all that you need to walk in the way he's calling you. See, that's the real provision of God. See, we could never make it in this life, in this walk with him, without God's provision, without him for example, touching us like he did today. That's a provision from him. The Spirit of God coming by and, and touching you, you know, when you have you know, something going on that you know, is disturbing. And, and he, he settles your spirit and you go into rest. And, you know, there's all these provisions. So he has the provision for us to follow him. He lays them all out. He keeps the way open. Uh, he... Um, It'll show you particulars related to your walk, to your life, for the purpose so that you can follow him, so you can follow on with him. In Job here, 23, verse 10, but he knows the way. Now, this is Job speaking of the Lord. He knows the way that I take. And as I said before, he knows the way you're taking. 
Then Job says, when he has tested me, or you could say after the test, because see, Job did not know the outcome of his circumstance. We read the Bible, we know the outcome. Job was in this thing. He was in the fiery trial. Uh, he was experiencing things he probably never thought he was ex would experience. And he even says, the thing that I feared has come upon me. And I believe the thing he... Some people say, well, it was because you know, he lost all his money and all his you know, belongings and, um, and he, he was sick. He had boils. I don't believe that's what Job was saying. He said, the thing that I feared has come upon me. I believe it was his family. Because remember, he was sacrificing for them every day. He'd get up and he'd burn offerings. Get, I don't know it was every day, but he, he, uh, he did it frequently for his children. But he says, when, I, when he has tested me, see, he had faith. He didn't understand what was going on. He didn't uh, know the outcome. God kept all that secret. It was, he was in the dark. All he had was his faith toward God. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. I shall come forth as gold. And you know, Peter says that the trying of your faith is much more precious than gold that perishes. Though it be tried by fire, it shall be found unto praise and honor and glory at the uncovering of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ. In closing, let's turn to Hosea. Now, this message is meant, I believe, to encourage us. See, we see the provisions that God you know, has laid out. And he wants to encourage us to, to continue on, to, to stay in the way. You know, what he has showed you, you know, where you are to move, where you are to function, how you are to do that. We are to stay in that. And, and that's very encouraging to know that the Lord is behind you. And you shall hear, hear a voice from behind you. Well, that's because he sees you. He sees where we are. He watches, you know, what goes on. You know, we think he doesn't. Sometimes it may feel as though, you know, where's the Lord? He deserted me. But according to the Bible, he has not. He's behind and he's watching. He's going to speak. Here's the way. Walk ye in it. And Hosea 6, I want to use the King James for this. This is uh, verse 3. This is from the King James. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. The phrase, then shall we know, is the Hebrew word yada. That means to know or to perceive. See, so, so if we follow on with the Lord... We will, we will know, we will perceive what we need to perceive in whatever it may be. See, then shall we know, we shall perceive, if we follow on to know Him. So, once again, I see the picture here of the tree of life and the way there. And, and if we follow on, the Lord makes a way so that we can continue to feed from the tree of life, feed from the bread of life, to continue to feed, uh, to be nourished, so that we will be healthy, so that we would, would be able to, to walk, that our knees would be strengthened, that our hands, our arms would be strengthened, so that we can walk in places to uh, minister to people, to help people, that we, we have arms that are, are strengthened so that we can reach out, we can touch people, we can pray for people, you know, whatever it may be. Then shall you know if you follow on to know the Lord. And I like this. It says, His going forth is prepared as the morning. And the, the word here, this phrase, His going forth, means to go, go out from a particular locality. So like the sun, sun comes up in the east, and it rolls across, and it sets in the west. And... And what happens is, if, if you're a survivalist and you're out in some 
hostile environment, they have ways to tell the time, to tell where the sun is and get a direction to go as the, the, this going forth of the sun is. They, 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 they can see, they, they know how to do it. Okay, now I know I have to go south. This is the way it is. This is the direction. I can go that way. His going forth is prepared for you and I in our lives. In our lives. It's prepared. If we're going to follow on to know him, we will come and then the Lord will give us the direction, just like the survivalist. He'll give us the direction and we will know, okay, there it is. His way is prepared. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Or as this verse says, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He has prepared that way. And for me, personally, this gives me great comfort to know that the Lord will come through and he will guide me. He will show me what to do, you know, what direction to take. You know, and, and all that. It's, it's just a wonderful thing that the Lord does and, and provides for us as Christians. Uh, in, in closing, the hymn book here. Oh, we don't know that song, 377. I'll read the words. In closing, let's just say, let's play, play one song. Can we uh, play that song, Arise? I want to read the ver verses of this uh, song. We sang this years ago in the church. I'm not too sure how many people even know it anymore. Uh, I asked Wendy if she knew it. She said she didn't. But some of you have been around a long time. Know it. God leads us along. In shady green pastures so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children along. Where the water's cool flow bathes the weary one's feet, God leads his dear children along. Sometimes on the mount... When the sun shines so bright, God leads his dear children along, sometimes in the valley in the darkest night. Though sorrows befall us and Satan oppose, God leads his dear children along. Through grace we can conquer, defeat all our foes. Uh, and then he goes, God leads his dear, dear, dear children along. And the chorus is, some through the waters, like he did uh, Noah. Some through the flood, some through the fire, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But all through the blood, some through great sorrow, but God gives a song. So I was in a circumstance, uh, and it was terrible, terrible. But I found that as I turned my heart to him, there were times he gave me a song, and it was just joyous, joyous. And he says that he does this in the night season and all the day long. Wonderful song.